Welcome to the Vibrant You Health Show with your host, Blake Bars. At Nature's Pantry, our mission is to lead you to vibrant health through the best nutrition, supplementation, service, expertise, and healthy choices. In this show, we aren't interested in fads or quick fixes. Rather, we want to get into the holistic fundamentals of health. We want to answer questions like, what are the underlying causes to health issues, and what solutions can help lead us to vibrant health? You can watch every episode and listen to the podcast by visiting our website at naturespantry.life. The Vibrant You Health Show is brought to you by Terry Naturally Vitamins and Solar Ray Vitamins. At Nature's Pantry, we strive to work only with companies that maintain the highest standards for quality and efficacy. Terry Naturally and Solar Ray are two of the absolute best.
and I just love helping people improve their health and their life and get them to living an exciting life because we only have one, so we want to make the best of it. Blake Bars, owner-operator of Nature's Pantry, and I love to help. The health challenge is one of my favorite things to be a part of and to get to see you guys um, come just to get to see the amazing strides people make. So it's super cool, super rewarding. All right, so thank you guys. Are you ready? Now you're on the hot seat. And the first question I want to ask, so there's all these buzzwords out there today, right? All these diets. We got vegan, we got keto, we got paleo, vegetarian, whole food, Mediterranean. Um, am I missing any? Atkins, it used to be Atkins. Fritarian. Yeah, so, okay, so tell me, which diet is the best diet, in your opinion? What is and why? And let's just start again with Jess and we'll just come in line. So, um, I think that's a loaded question. In terms of what is the best diet, I think that's more individually based on each person and food allergies, uh, maybe some pre-existing medical conditions. Um, I don't think there's one that I can say is the best, but uh, depending on what you're predisposed to, like I said, some medical conditions, maybe some health concerns, I think the most important thing is to stick to something that is consistent, understand and develop a foundation in macronutrients, which are gonna be your proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and understand how your body responds to those, and just um, stick into consistency and what I mean by that is it's not like, I don't like, I don't like the word diet. Um, I like the word, um, I'm eating for nutrition, um, I'm eating nutrient-dense foods, and I'm eating what is best for my body. That's what I Yeah, that's good. Make sure you hold that question. Okay, how's that sound? <laughs> so, it's a great question. There's a lot of confusion out there with all these different diets and stuff that's out there. So, um, I totally agree with what you just said, that it's, it should be individualized. But I think we're kind of missing the point because every creature on this planet knows exactly what to eat except for us. So let's just stew on that for a moment. And for me, I've taken a deep dive on this and we have to understand like what are, what are we actually made of? And somebody when I was at the Institute said that I was a, a light being. She told me this. And I, I was new at all this health stuff. And I was like, what? I look like a dog. Like, what's, what's she talking about? And I thought she was like, oh, woo woo. But she was right, and there's a, there's a German doctor called Dr. Fitzpaw, and he coined the phrase biophotons. So biophotons rain down from the sun, they land on a leaf of a plant, via photosynthesis you make chlorophyll, and electrons are made, right? Electrons. So the light turns into electrons, which is energy. What's in, what are we made of, too? We're made of electrons. So when you're eating a, a living plant, like a sprout, like all the other creatures do, they eat everything 100 except for buzzards, right? They're eating living foods, you're actually charging your cells with, with this biophoton energy. So it's actually measured, it's not woo-woo. If somebody eats a junk food diet, emits a thousand biophotons, very low energy. If you eat a 100% organic cooked food diet, you're gonna emit 23,000 biophotons. If you're a newborn baby, 43,000 biophotons. They got lots of energy. If you decide to be a living fooder and everything you eat is sprouted and alive, you could emit 83,000 biophotons, almost double that of a baby. 
So that is something to keep in mind because when you're consuming things like sprouts that are available down there, and I think I keep saying this every year that there should be a massive section of sprouts down there. People should also be growing them at their home because we really need to replace biophoton energy, these electrons. And it's kind of cool because when you chew sprouts, your teeth are conductors. You're actually charging yourself through that and then you ingest it and, it, and the rest of it charges. So knowing this, how disease begins is when more cells are dying off than are being regenerated. If you can charge your cells with biophotons, you're going to basically burn out disease and you'll be replicating your cells faster than they're dying off and then you won't age like everybody else. This is why the people at the Institute looked that have been working there 10, 20 years on eating all these living foods and sprouts. They look 10, 20 years younger than everybody and they were happy, right? Well, most of them were happy. Some of them had some relationship issues. but. They were happy for the most part, right? Because it doesn't matter what you're eating, you can still have other issues going on, right? So everybody's individual. And for what I what I did was I started putting a lot of sprouts into my diet and living foods. And I actually went plant-based solid for eight and a half years. And I thought, well, I'm gonna, I got out of that mentality. And I was like, I'm going to explore myself because I look at things that are like um, common sense. And for the entirety of time we walked on this planet, we probably ate a lot of tubers and plants and stuff like that. But time to time, we'd eat some meat. So I added meat back in, and I, what I found out was lots of it did work for me, but when I, when I had mostly plants, a little bit of meat, that's what worked for me. So what I tell people is like, go up and down the scale, experiment with it, see what makes you feel good, and chew your food really well. So I can keep going on, but let's move on. Amen, amen, thanks for that, that was good. Summer. The, what's the best diet? What is the best? No pressure. <laughs> You're right, it's a loaded question. And I hate answering it to people that I don't know very well because um, I have trained people that keto was what they needed. They were very insulin, um, insulin was resistance. Yeah. resistance, yes. And they couldn't handle any carbs whatsoever, and it was it got them started right. And then I know other people that vegetarian worked. I know, anyways. The point is, I think that. You're talking about kind of the high end of where you're going to operate at your fullest, best capacity. A lot of times I talk to people that are basically trying to get away from, you know, drinking a six-pack every night and eating at McDonald's. So I tell them a basic paleo template. Um, and base, I don't care if it's um, perfect, but we need to get the chemicals and the processed food out and more whole foods in. And if you can start there, then you can start experimenting and figure out what your body needs when you're working out, when you have a sedentary day, when you're at work and your brain needs to function better at a higher capacity. And you can you can dial it in, but a basic thing of getting the junk and the processed stuff out is probably number one if you want to even just start moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Miss Lisa. It's time to go after everybody else because it's like, yes, 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 yes. And also, <laughs> but they're all right. And when I sat down and read the question before this, I looked at Summer and I go, is that a trick question? Like, you just want to see this fight. <laughs> they're, in my opinion, it's, it's very individualized. Um, and yet at the same time, you know, Tim hinged on this piece of, predominantly plants and gave you one of the reasons why. I'll give you another reason why with plants. 
you've all heard of the microbiome. You know what your gut and oral health are, and you know what that there are a hundred trillion microbes living inside of you, functioning to your benefit most of the time. Some of you aren't. Um, but if you're not eating those plants that provide the prebiotic or the fiber for them to thrive so that they can then function on your behalf and help you be living your optimal life, they make things for you like serotonin and GABA so that you're alert and bright. And also those things get turned into melatonin so you sleep well at night. They create and uh, vitamins, all the B vitamins for mental health that a lot of people are missing. So looking at those kind of things. Um, they create short-chain fatty acids that help with lowering inflammation in the body. So if you're not introducing them into the body, which predominantly come from whole living foods, and then you're not introducing the fiber that comes with those things that work as a prebiotic that help provide food for those things to stay and colonize in your body and function, then you're not optimizing your health. So there's a whole slew of reasons why, you know, living whole foods are good for you. Um, for me, I do think that, you know, I you touched on this, and I think it's important to kind of, so many people that I work with are not familiar with paying attention to the way their body's responding and reacting. They're not listening to it. In fact, they're spending a lot of time trying to numb everything that's making them uncomfortable. They're spending a lot of time trying to, like, well, I'm in pain, so I'm taking this. Or I'm not feeling well here. Or I'm not sleeping well, so I'm doing this. And they're doing everything in their power to numb that, dumb that down. Instead of, it's, it's providing you the most incredible feedback that you could ever have. And so when you're eating and you're exploring and you're doing something different, like you might be with this challenge, I really highly encourage you to keep a, a journal. Just something simple, a little spiral notebook. And really try to write down like what's made you feel good, what hasn't, those kind of things, so that you know because it it is individualized. When Justin was talking about this. I think your macronutrients are critically important, and it's different for like Summer said. It's it's going to be different for somebody who's a high school athlete or something that may be training specifically for power and gaining strength and performance versus somebody who's very insulin resistant and needs to lose body fat, needs to become insulin sensitive so that their liver works better, their gallbladder functions correctly, they process their food. So, um, is there a one-size-fits-all methodology? No. But is there a common thread with a lot of the... Yes. So, what Summer said, take the processed foods out. That includes foods, oils, drinks, sugars. Gluten. <laughs> Dairy. For you, depending on you. Depends on you. Yes, definitely. Yes, yes, yes to everything they're saying. And bioindividuality is key because we all are different and things do affect us differently. And like everyone has said here, we all have different symptoms and things going on. And like Lisa, I really encourage people to keep a journal as well. So if you're having a symptom, you can look back and say, I ate a cheeseburger, maybe my body didn't like that because your body is always telling you what's going on. You just have to be willing to listen and feel those symptoms so that you know. And so something funny is when a lot of people will do a cleanse and then they start eating the foods they ate before the cleanse again, they'll tell me, your cleanse messed me up. I can never do a cleanse again. 
And I'm like, no, the cleanse didn't mess you up. The cleanse cleansed your body. And now that you're putting those processed chemical-laden foods back into it, your body is telling you it doesn't like that. So it didn't mess you up. It cleaned you out. And now you can feel what those things were doing to you, whereas before, like Lisa said, we're numbing ourselves so we don't necessarily feel what's going on. We just have a symptom. We take a Band-Aid, and it continues, and we spiral. So I feel like at least for me and what I encourage is more of a whole food plant-based diet. But of course, if you have symptoms or diabetes or insulin resistance, you'll need to work with a nutritionist or talk to your doctor about that because there isn't really a one-size-fits-all. But if you can add in more vegetables and fruits and crowd out the other stuff, then you're gonna be going way higher up on the scale than you were if you just keep the processed foods in, so. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, it's always good, especially, like, for instance, if you're on, like, blood pressure medication and you went to, like, a whole food plant-based diet and cut out all the processed, all the meat, all the dairy, you may get dangerously low blood pressure, and that's why it's really important to work with your doctor and taper these things down over time. And so uh, I think it's just a good side note that, um, you know, we're not doctors. Um, we're just giving you our experience from our own lives. And it's always good if you're if you have a medical condition to work with your doctor. Um, I would definitely agree with everything everybody said, and I'm glad you realized it's a trick question because basically we're getting fed all this information from all directions. You know, keto, keto, paleo, Atkins. You know, it's a funny thing. Um, uh, McDougal. Who remembers Doctor McDougal? Way back. Uh, my dad, my stepmom's back here, and my dad, he did McDougal way back, like when McDougal was cool. I don't actually think McDougal was ever cool, but he, my dad made it seem cool. And uh, you know what's funny is McDougal was getting all this amazing uh, results with his patients from a whole food plant-based diet. And he went to his publisher, and his publisher said, we don't want you to write about this anymore. We want you to write about a high-protein, low-carb diet. And they said, never underestimate the power of telling people what they want to hear. And uh, his poet, he said, no, what are you, I'm not going to write about this. This is the exact opposite of what I've been telling you I've been getting results with. And they said, okay. And they just cut him, cut his contract. And that's about the time they brought in a doctor named Atkins and started publishing his books. And then what else have we heard that diet called through the years? <clears throat> Atkins, then paleo, caveman, keto, it's all pretty much the same thing. It's high protein, low carb. Um, and I'm not one necessarily. I think people have gotten some great results from keto. Um, one thing about putting your body in ketosis that's really amazing, which you can also do with fasting, is that your body goes into some amazing things like um, you can regenerate stem cells. Did you know you can make regenerate your own stem cells? That's a pretty powerful thing for healing and health. Um, you actually go into a uh, deal, um, what's the cell death called? Apoptosis. Apoptosis, where basically the cells get cleaned out and dead garbage cells get dead and flushed out and it makes room, you know, and then your Tim could probably talk all about this, but we won't get into too much detail. Um, and so I think keto can be a good short-term thing. I think one of the things long-term, your body's gonna need complex carbohydrates. Your brain needs it, you're, you need it for energy. There's so many processes in your body that need complex carbohydrates. 
But I think the common thread between all these things is, like we're saying, people have success on keto, people have success on vegan, people have success on whole food, plant-based, Mediterranean, paleo, vegetarian, whatever. But the common thread between people who have not only short-term results, but long-term health from it, is they cut out the processed crap, they add in whole real food. Whether it's a whole chicken egg, or a whole cucumber, or a whole apple, or whatever it is, it's a real food, it's a real food right? Like the way God made the food, not the way man, uh, you know, perverted it. Um, you know, I always say, if it grows on a plant, good. If it's made in a plant, bad. You know? And, and so, I think um, we just need to be aware, like, what... What are the real foods out there? And, and one thing Tim's always said when he went to Hippocrates is the guys that left there asked, how am I supposed to live this crazy way in the real world? And the guy answered him, he said, no, you're asking the wrong question. The real question is, how am I gonna live a real way in a crazy world? Okay, next question. Okay, I, okay, I know we talked about this quite a bit and some of you touched on it already. But what I want to know is what does your diet look like? I think what people want to know is like, what do you guys eat? Um, hmm? Okay, we'll start with Nicole and I can handle this one. And, or like, what's a meal you, you go to a lot? Whatever you want to say. So basically I eat a whole food plant-based diet. I am like 95% vegan um, because I used to eat tons and tons of meat and cheese and dairy and I got to a point to where I was eating meat and I was literally burping it up three days later. So I quit eating meat and dairy for a long time because I just wasn't digesting it. I used to have a really horrible lifestyle. I used to smoke cigarettes so I did it to myself. Um, but now I do whole food plant-based diet. My breakfast usually consists of just tons and tons of fruit. I don't have an insulin resistance problem though, so I can get away with eating lots of fruit for breakfast. I don't eat fat in the morning because when we first wake up in the morning, our body is still detoxing, going through its detoxification process. And when we eat heavy meals in the morning, it makes our liver stop what it's doing and tuck things away that it was working on while we were sleeping. So think about it like this. Your liver's working, getting rid of a lot of toxins and fat and things like that, and then you eat some bacon and eggs, and your liver has to stuff the bacon and herb, stuff what it was working on and now deal with what's coming in because it's coming in right now. So that's why I don't eat fat in the morning because I like to give my body that chance to detox even further. Um, I drink tons of water all day long. I start my day with water with lemon in it most of the time or ginger water or herbal tea. Um, but basically I'm just drinking lots of water and tea, eating fruit, and then for lunch I have just a ton of vegetables. I don't really plan my own meals. I do meal prepping for my clients, but for me, I kind of just throw whatever I have together because I usually always have lots of vegetables cut up um, in the fridge. By the way, I always ask Nicole if my meal's approved or not because she's like, she's like the gold standard. 
Yes. So I, I've been doing this for a while, though. Like I said, I was really sick, and that is what caused me to, you know, go on this journey. I started out literally just changing what I was eating and making it at home. Like, instead of buying cookies at the store, I'd make cookies at home. And then I slowly started adopting these new policies like veganism and things like that. Um, but so for lunch, to continue on, lunch is mostly just vegetables, beans, probably black or wild rice. If I have rice, I don't always have it because I don't like to eat a lot of grains. Um, and then dinner is the same thing. Tons and tons of vegetables, lots of greens, that sort of thing. Oh, and of course, green drinks too. So I always have a green drink in the morning and I usually have another green drink for an afternoon snack with other veggies or fruits or maybe a clean protein bar or something like that. So basically my diet is literally just fruits, vegetables, maybe some rice and beans because those are a perfect protein and then like the good fats like avocados, some nuts and seeds later in the day. If I'm going to use oil, it's going to be avocado or coconut or maybe olive oil, but I don't really actually cook with those. I mostly just put those on my food afterward. Um, so that way they're not getting heated because when we heat oil, that's when they can become rancid in our body. Um, and I think that's I think this is where things get interesting because we're also very different. And I think so listening to Nicole, it's, it's kind of like, well, those are all things that I do, but I absolutely 100% eat meat and eggs and feel as though if I didn't, my health would take a massive dive. And so I've tried different things with my own body and listened to my own body. And I'll give you a, a good example. Um, I think it was last night. Was it last night or the night before? I didn't eat, have meat at dinner. I just wasn't wanting it, but I'd eaten so many vegetables that I think I was so filled with fiber and so full that I was, <laughs> nothing else can go in. Um, but then the entire next day, I was famished, like freaking out, going to need, like almost sending myself into a cravings tailspin. And so for me, it, that's the recognition of pay attention to your body. Like I, I should have been a little more balanced in that final meal of the day so that I could have had protein to like satiate myself and feel sustained. Every one of you guys has a different thing going on and a different goal and a different body and you you have to listen to that body. And so what um, I see, like for, one of the things that I'm really interested in is like, I watch a lot of different people and what they're doing. I follow a lot of people on things like Instagram and things, stuff like that and just learning from doctors, learning from nutritionists, learning from other people, learning from other athletes. Um, but I do think that there's a mistake sometimes in sharing what we do ourselves because what I do in my body type, in my re regimen, and my training might not be great for one of you. And I don't want you to assume, that's why I think when we talked about in the beginning, the basics of what we talked about being a foundation, I think can apply to everybody with the whole foods piece. But I think we've got to really listen to our bodies and know what we need to know what we're doing. And that can take some time and some, you know, a little bit of experimentation with your own body. For me, um, every single day is different depending on my schedule. So if I'm training, I, I train anywhere from three to seven days a week, depending, and that could look like anything from high intensity interval training, all out crazy heart rates high for 40 minutes, 
to I could be doing a slow strength training session or I could be going for a hike or just a gentle walk. So all those things combined make up my routine and exercise and that is going to, my food and food intake and what I do is going to hinge around those things. And so it might alter how I prepare and what I eat based on that. Um, so if I'm going in and I was going to be competing, then I might eat something entirely different than when I need to, to get up. And if I'm going to be sitting in my chair all day at the office, I absolutely would eat more um, a, a higher fat, whether, and by that I don't mean like a lot of high fat, animal fat, but I would definitely eat a higher fat diet for sure. Um, a higher protein diet because I want to keep my blood sugar down. I don't want to have an insulin spike, which will crash you and fatigue you, um, keep body fat on you, create massive inflammation in the system. So I would, probably my big takeaway from every single thing that like I eat, I'm going to do everything I can to keep my blood sugar regular. And that's going to keep me in optimal arterial health. That's going to keep me in optimal gut health. That's going to make my sleep be proper. Um, it's going to help me be level all day long. I'm not going to gain body fat that I don't want that's going to cause other issues. So um, lots of fruit. Like today I've already had, I don't know, between fruits and vegetables, there's at least probably nine servings I've already had. Um, breakfast this morning had protein in it, but it had plant-based protein in it. And then lunch had, I do eat a lot of clean, what I would consider clean meats because um, we hunt and harvest a lot of our own meat naturally. So um, I've had a little bit of bear breakfast sausage and tacos at lunch. Because he's like the best hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have kind of access to optimal protein as well in my home in particular. So that helps. Um, and then I think lot, seeds, nuts, I definitely use only the same oils that she's talking about. Minimize those oils. Try not to let those oils be overheated to become rancid. Um, cooking things to a high flash point where they're smoking is definitely carcinogenic in the air and in your body. Very toxic to your body. So definitely paying attention to those things. Minimizing processed foods. Minimizing um, alcohol and things like that. And I know, I mean, like... I don't know everybody up here. I definitely have little bits of things like that. And I think it's all about balance, but I think you have to know your balance. For some people, they can't create balance with having it in at all. Some people have to say, that can't be in at all. Like me with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that's an important thing to know. And again, that goes back to paying attention to your own body and your own feedback loops that you're getting in. So many people go, well, well, but I just, so I just had another cup of coffee or I just had a glass of wine so I could just chill out and say, well, wait a minute, what was your body telling you? And so for me, it's like, listen to your body and what it needs. I don't eat the same thing every single day. I eat a lot of varieties of this of things, but I don't necessarily eat the same thing every meal, every day. I kind of go with what I have and what sounds good or what looks good, but definitely, predominantly a lot of vegetables, um, lean meat, healthy fats, and then fruit, and most of my fruit is definitely limited to like berries that are high in fiber and low in sugar and high in antioxidants and micronutrients. Um, a little bit of like apples, a little bit of like things that are in season, peaches, that kind of thing, but not a lot of high sugar fruits, like not a lot of pineapple often, or 
not a lot of grapes often, things like that. And definitely not unless I'm kind of pairing that on either side of movement. Before summer, I was just going to say to, um, before summer goes here, uh, something really important to keep in mind as we share things is we're all, everybody in this room is at a different place in their health journey. And nobody here got there overnight. So where I am in my health journey has been going on for like nine years since I started working here. And it's just been little by little because I don't do big change all at once very well. I do little by little and then it adds up to big over time. And so I think if you hear a lot of details and you're like, that's overwhelming, I can't do that. Don't be, don't be overwhelmed and don't be discouraged because it's just, just take the things that you want that seem like are going to work for you and apply those things one at a time. Take what resonates and keep the rest. All right, for mine, um, I'll just be real with you guys. This last year has contained a lot of crazy, stressful, semi-traumatic things, and um, I feel like I really haven't hardly even had time to do much besides take care of the basics for myself. And so when Blake said, um, we're gonna do the, the challenge, and I want you guys to do it too. Okay, this is good. I know the things, but um, I need a reset, right? But um, what I'll do is I'll share just a couple of basics that have been true for me for years now. And one is I do, my family is a lot of diabetes in there, uh, my family tree. And I was hypoglycemic, I think by the time I was 18. So kind of, I always kind of flirt with that pre-diabetes line. And so for me, I do need to make sure I keep my protein up and that my processed sugars are pretty much zero. Um, that's always a baseline that I try to hold to. Um, I have been trying also to get, I bought your greens powder, so thank you. Very nice. Um, but yeah, I, I often find that if I'm really busy and I've literally been wor working all day nonstop, it, a greens powder is a nice way to get something in, right? But in general, my meals tend to be like something in a crock pot so that there's whole foods and I know what went into it. Um, if there's meat, a lot of times I'll keep, I'll, I'll take things out and, and leave the bones in there and get some bone broth, which I think is very nutritionally dense. Uh, really good for restoring GI tract health and that sort of thing. So crock pot stuff, um, skillet stuff, a lot of stir fries, and then salads and wraps. Because you can get, a huge variety within those things and you're still getting a lot of whole foods um, you can even choose different like ethnic seasonings and so it's not just the same thing over and over um, I'll stop there I feel like I could go on and on but that that's kind of the basics just crock pot skillet salad and wraps rinse wash repeat and also thank you to Blake for giving me a, a starting point to reorganize my health and kind of get going on my nutrition again. I just don't eat food. It's a lot easier and I've got a lot of other things to do, so thank you. I would like to reiterate what Lisa said as far as I don't like sharing with exactly what I eat because I've been on this journey for 12 years and I've had time to layer and 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 layer and, layer and, layer and keep learning and and our bodies are actually going to change. What you need at 12 years old is going to change when you're 40 and when you're 82. So you might find something that works for you and you might have to modify that later too. So, but it's worth it. 
it's worth it because you can have a high vibe life your whole life. I mean, the people that I follow are in their 70s and 80s and, and like you should see their skin. You could you should see how they move effortlessly like like a 10 year old. And so I know it's possible because I've seen other people do it. I and mean, there's people that are like 100 years old running marathons. Like this is, it's not like, oh, you can't do that. It's really focusing on the inputs. So for me, some things like basic things are just like drinking copious amounts of purified restructured water. That's like, that is a, that's a big thing for me. Also a nutrient that a lot of people aren't talking about as far as food goes is, is air. Oxygen, right? So we're kind of blessed because up here in the valley, I mean, we're it's better quality air. We have all the trees and stuff like that, and that's that's huge. I mean, we take twenty thousand breaths a day, and um, so that's important. But our homes are polluted. And a lot of people don't know that your home is a hundred times more polluted than downtown LA in the worst smoggiest conditions. So the blues are off gassing in the home. The carpets are off gassing from out high. We're literally getting embalmed by them. Um, uh, there's just so much going on in the house. It's to the point where if you get like, let's say you have a new baby come into the home, you have this little baby girl, and you're so excited, you paint the room pink. Well, most likely, that paint's going to off-gas for four and a half years as it cures, and you're poisoning your child 20,000 times a day, or however long they're in there. But we don't think about that, because who would even think, a decent person would think that paint could be like that, right? So, I want to get the air right, I want to get my water right, as far as my system goes, I want to be an intelligent system, I want to have good air, good water. Um, good sleep, which is just as important water, and I want good clean food and fresh food. So when it comes to your diet, what I would say is make sure you're getting lots of liquids without sugar in them and eat the most cleanest, freshest food you could possibly get your hands on. And that's how you're going to do it. And your food's going to taste better too. You ask any chef that has award-winning stuff, they have herbs growing in the back. Like, we could do that very easily. We could be growing basil and rosemary. These plants will just keep producing and you can just pick them off there and you can bring them in in the winter time and put them back out in the summer in these pots and, and you can grow sprouts 365 days a year in your home. So for me, the diet is more of like, don't eat after, don't eat heavy foods until after 11 a.m. unless you're diabetic then you might want to switch to a monolithic diet, maybe instead of having bacon and eggs and ham and hash browns, which sounds good still to this day, especially bacon. Um, you know, maybe just eat some cooked quinoa or have a green leafy salad. Eat one thing monolithically. Um, or if you're anorexic or, you know, bulimic, we're not giving you permission to not eat. But after 11 a.m., then you can eat your heavy meals. So lots of liquids in the morning. Eat your heavy meals between noon and 6. And then make sure that food is super fresh. The fresher, the better. And, and buy local and grow your own stuff. So um, when it comes to what I eat, I the easiest way to answer that is like, what's the season? You know, is it working season? Am I cutting? Is it golf season? Am I focused on mobility? Not so much strength. Um, some more range of motion stuff. Uh, but for me, I love meat. I eat a lot of meat, uh, specifically a lot of elk. Um, I'm a hunter myself. Um, I like to eat everything that I, that I bring off the mountain. Um, what works best for me? Um, I'm super goal oriented. And so what's worked best in my life and, and coming up in my journey through this, this exercise journey um, and just overall health and wellness is it started with wanting to be a collegiate athlete. And um, when it came to that, I was working out, not eating right, and then when I got my nutrition dial in, um, my progress just went through the roof. And as I got older, I started studying the exercise science and health, and there's a ton of behavioral health classes in there. Um, I started learning how to implement certain things 
um, that allowed my body and most importantly my mind to adapt to my goals. So when it comes to like the, the, the vegan, the keto, the paleo, um, I've tried all of it. I've played with intermittent fasting. If I'm trying to lean out, I play with carb cycling. Uh, but like, like they've all said, um, I'm a huge green guy. I, I do the green supplements. Um, I have to because I just I don't get enough of them. I eat a salad every single day. I eat a ton of eggs in the morning. Um, but with the eggs are uh, bell peppers, asparagus, um, onions, and spinach. Um, that's kind of the only way that I can get all of that in. I eat chicken and asparagus 90% of the time at lunch. And then he also eats oatmeal with like walnuts and berries. And I, he's telling me this one morning and I'm like, dude, like, you're like a gourmet chef. You eat better than like... I haven't got to my favorite part, but um, the, the, my, my most exciting meal for me is um, it comes in my post-workout and it's oatmeal. And I put berries on it, I put walnuts, chia seed, flax seed, and I use organic, local, dark honey. Um, and that's the favorite thing that I eat all day. And once again, it just kind of depends on my goal. Like, if I'm trying to cut, or I went on this marathon kick uh, like a few years ago, and my diet completely changed, and so did my programming with my workouts. Um, but I've been doing this for probably 16 years now, and I know what works really well with my body. And I eat probably like the same 20 foods. It just depends on what type of seasoning I'm gonna grab out of the cupboard. And I'm just kind of adapted to it. And I know how my body responds to that. And depending on my goals at the time, um, those all fluctuate up and down. And I like to play with, with all of this stuff on here. Um, you know, the keto, you know, intermittent fasting is not really, it doesn't really have much to do with nutrition. Um, but just playing and tweaking those strategies and tactics to meet your desired goal or what you want to, what your outcome is at the end um, is, a, is a good way to strategize in terms of meeting your goals. And we're going to talk about um, our goal setting class um, next week or coming up and we'll talk about some strategies of that as well. It's Nicole Haggerty, your holistic health and fitness coach. If you want to improve your health and life and get lasting results, you have to be the change you want to see. Let me help you be that change. Find me at NicoleHaggerty.com. Hey, Eastern Oregon. My name is Justin Hernandez. I specialize in sports performance training for middle school, high school, and college athletes. My program goal is to optimize an athlete's potential on all playing surfaces. The Breakfast Club motto is creating elite athletes, but even better leaders. This is Summer Steel of Body Sayorsa. I am a licensed massage therapist and certified personal trainer. I work with bodies of all shapes, sizes, and abilities to help them live a fuller and freer life. Connect with me on Instagram and Facebook under Body Sayorsa, Body S-A-O-R-S-A, or contact me at 541-786-5245. My name is Blake Bars, and I'm general manager of Nature's Pantry here in La Grande. I had a terribly unhealthy lifestyle when I started working here. I just didn't know how simple and powerful healthy habits could be. Now I love being able to lead others to vibrant health here at the store, through the health show, and in the health challenges we host twice per year. Learn more at naturespantry.life. 
Hey friends, Lisa here with Wild Holistic Nutrition and Fitness. As a certified personal trainer and holistic nutritionist with 17 years of experience, I'm passionate about guiding others in their journey to wellness. I work in the areas of sports performance, group and individual fitness, personal training, behavioral and nutritional coaching, and gut biodome health and assessment. I'd love to help you feel good so that you can thrive and meet the purpose you were made for. Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and host of The Health Hero Show. After regaining my own health and having massive gut issues and surgery, I'm on a mission to help others do the same. If you're ready to make your health a priority, lose that weight, increase your energy, and just wake up and feel good, you can reach me at ChemicalFreeBody.com. I just want to add one thing. So, like, it's asking vegan, keto, paleo, all of those things. Honestly, I don't feel like there is a right answer. So, like, I was saying I'm 95% vegan, but sometimes I want to eat a piece of bacon or I want to eat an elk steak or, you know, something like that. And I feel like it's important if you're getting a craving for something, if it's a good food, you should listen to that craving. If you're getting a craving for Dairy Queen, it's probably not the right thing. But, you know, if you're craving bacon or if you're craving steak or if you're craving something good, that's your body probably saying, hey, you should probably have this. So don't read too much into, should I try vegan or paleo or keto? Just do whatever you feel is right. Just experiment, and if it feels good to you, then just do it. Here's something like that's really important that I forgot to say. If you do have a piece of cake, the most important thing to do is just eat it and freaking enjoy it. Okay? And not beat yourself up over it. Because literally, when you do that, if you eat, oh, I shouldn't have it, I shouldn't have it, I'm going to do it anyway. You're creating, literally creating bad chemistry in your body, and you're also like lowering your immune system. So you don't want to do that. You're just like, hey, you know what? This is a journey. I'm having experience, and then you probably have a little headache from it because the sugar and all that. It's going to give you a lot of contrast, and it'll do its job. Your body will tell you, like Lisa says, the body's talking to you all the time. So, but that's really key. If you do eat something you know is not really the best for you, just enjoy it and don't beat yourself up for it. It's very important to take care of your body chemistry by doing that. Be kind to yourself. Well, and along those lines, which there's some really awesome studies out there confirming what you, you said, if you want, if you need evidence on those lines. But if you find that I really want this piece of cake and it's not celebrating somebody in your life that you haven't seen in 10 years or, you know, your grandpa's 80th or something, some important landmark where the, the communion with other humans is important to you. It might be worth pausing and asking what your, like you mentioned, what I'm covering up or what I'm medicating. I, that's an important one for me. I have to ask, what am I medicating? Yeah, because oftentimes it's easier to kind of get that quick dopamine hit or whatever versus being um, alone with hard emotions or hard thoughts. But sometimes that's the healthiest thing is to sit with them and let them process instead of grabbing you know, the, whatever your go-to might be. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Or you could smuggle in a healthy fake cake. That could work too. <laughs> cake smuggler. I'm pretty much whole food plant-based. I eat some animal products. I uh, pretty much avoid all processed sugar. I avoid processed sugar, processed flour, um, herbicides, pesticides. I avoid bad oils. I 
try to avoid oils as much as I can. Um, you know, I actually went off dairy for a while and I lost a bunch of weight. And I was like, oh, cheese basically, because that's kind of one of my go-tos. Um, and I was like, this is not good. So um, I've added in some animal products anyway, but I'm like 95% whole food plant-based. And that means, and actually after COVID, I was down 149 pounds. And I looked, what's the what's a healthy weight for a 5'10"? And I looked and it was like 149 to, and I'm like, I do not want to be at the bottom end of this scale. And uh, so after COVID, I lost that weight. And so I, I made a plan to gain weight and I put on like 11 pounds since then in like three months with complete, almost completely whole food plant-based. Um, but I have to eat a lot of nut butter, a lot of beans and rice. I gotta, I gotta eat the right things. I eat tons of, tons of fruit and vegetables and the challenge really helps me with that because I love that. One of my favorite things in the whole challenge is getting five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables every day. And I say this as a half truth, but if you get five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables every day, I don't give a crap what else you eat. I mean, it's not really true, but kind of, you know, especially if that's where you're at. Um, and so, okay, I just realized that each of these questions are basically a whole show. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, maybe we'll, what's that? Yeah, I think that'd probably be good. Um, so let's do, what time did we start this thing? 6.30, so we've been going an hour. Yeah, so um, what I want to do, and just in closing, I think we'll, we'll end the show and then we'll do the live Q&A, or should we do the show? Let's just do it? Okay. All right. And then we'll just repeat the question. Okay. So at this time, I think we're going to skip the rest of this, and, and we'll get into it at a later time, but what I want to do is just open it up to you guys for questions. So... Yeah. Let's not pass the mic and let's just repeat the question. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Ken. So the, the question is is what oils does Nicole use for cooking? So if I am going to cook with an oil, it's probably going to be a cold-pressed olive oil, but a very low heat. But most of the time, I steam the vegetables that I'm eating. So every day, I eat steamed vegetables. Um, and then also, if I'm not steaming them, I'll put a little water in the pan so that they're not sticking to the pan and then cook them that way. And then I dress them with lemon, lime, herbs and spices. So I'm not really having a lot of oil in the diet. Um, and it is a little different when you're, you know, switching and you're, you know, not putting the oil on your food at first, but after a few days you get used to it and then after having all those flavors, your palate just craves that. So. I just want to add to that. We practice with the frying with, with water too and it takes a little bit of practice, but actually the food does use spices and seasonings, it actually works pretty good. Um, and I was just going to say, add to this, so Dr. Dean Ornish is the first doctor who had a, a diet and lifestyle program approved by Medicare to treat heart disease, and what he says, he did a whole food plant-based diet, but what he said was basically it takes a lot more change to reverse a disease than it does to prevent it, right? And so oils and stuff, he would allow healthy oils for people who are 
just trying to be a healthy lifestyle and prevent disease, but people who are on have coronary heart disease or other um, illnesses, and he says basically it's the same diet in his opinion for every disease. But he says no oils. If he's trying to reverse a disease, he just goes away from oil completely. Other questions? Yes, Karen. So I think the question was, I'm going to try and nutshell this, um, just speaking to the use of animal protein and animal fats and how, you know, how does that affect the body, good or bad, that kind of a thing. Um, a lot of research that, that I have done and read and what I apply in my own, which is different than what we're hearing from maybe some of my, uh, the other professionals that are up here. Um, I absolutely think that the animal fat in its whole form was created in such a way that the body is intended to use it and uses it well. It uses it well to transport hormones that are very critical to function, testosterone, estrogen. It's a critical um, part of transporting things like all the vitamins that you need that are fat-soluble vitamins myelin sheaths. Um, one of the most important things about, I think the difference between like what we're talking about when we say taking out oils and it is processed oils, especially. So like the 80s, we kind of went back into this whole, you know, margarine and canola oil phase of things. And I think some people don't know this and they still think, well, canola is still from a plant, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's very deodorized. It's very, very highly chemically processed so that it doesn't add a lot of flavor to food. Intentionally so, so it doesn't have that flavor, but it's very, very toxic in your system and your body. And it's rancid before, it, it, it's rancid on the shelf. And I don't think most people know that. And so that's why when we talk about, when we do talk about plant oils, we're talking about ones that are very, like, cold-pressed, organic, um, coconut, avocado, olive, but animal fat in the way that your body responds, the way that the body responds to a carbohydrate or a protein is that no matter what, you automatically have an insulin reaction to that. With protein, it turns off lipogenesis and turns on your ability to, to process fats better and to use your own body fat for fuel. So lipogenesis would be creation of body fat for you, storing of body fat. Um, fat doesn't turn on insulin at all. And so for those of you who are having autoimmune diseases are extremely inflamed in your systems, and I don't care whether you're this big around or whether you're 300 pounds overweight, you can still have insulin resistance. And if you do, you're having mass inflammation throughout the whole system that's affecting all arterial health, adrenals, thyroid, gut microbiome, every 
the brain, mental health, it's affecting everything. So it is really important, and that's one thing that healthy fats do, is that they don't turn on insulin in any way, shape, or form. So your body can continue to process the fat that is on you. And I don't know if everyone knows this, but your own body fat is where your toxin stores are, predominantly. And so the more body fat you have on, the, more, the easier it is for those toxins to stay and be set in the system. So there are some benefits to being in ketosis or using a shortened eating window or restricted time feeding or intermittent fasting or carb cycling, all the different names that we've given it, which are all kind of similar things. I, there's times where it's very appropriate depending on what your needs are. And then there's times it might be very inappropriate. And your genotype also matters. And I really think that there's genetic testing that you can do. I know this seems like extreme down the road, but some people, very, very tiny percentage, don't do well on a Mediterranean diet and really because they don't process fats well. And that could be, in my opinion, I think we're going to find out as science continues to emerge and emerge when you start learning about your microbiome and all the bacteria that's in and pathogens and microbes that are functioning inside of you, they're interacting with every gene and every cell and turning things on and off. I think we're going to start finding out that those things matter and what the balance is inside of that particular person matters and it could be turning things on or off for you. So in, in, in this person's case, they're paying attention to their body and they, their body responded better for the inflammation that was in their system to have a higher fat diet. And that's pretty predominantly true, probably up to about 35%. Um, and I think, too, like this goes back to how individual, Karen, like how individualized we are and how different diets, and that's what's great about this panel, is we all do different things, right? And we know our bodies, and we know what works for us, and we listen. But also there is some common threads between them um, that you guys can pick up on. And, and this is where you gotta listen to your body, but it also helps to get testing done. Yeah, and, um, and, we're, and blood type, and the type of blood type you are. And then also getting, yeah, you can Google the diet for your blood type too. But I was gonna say, getting tested is really important too, because you may feel a certain way, but you may not know why until you get some testing done and you go, oh my gosh, I'm completely de deficient in iron or magnesium or something that your body really needs and you weren't sure how to get it or that you even needed it. And I'll be real too. I just discovered, like I said, I had been vegan for a few years now because of what was happening when I'd eat meat. But I found out that I'm extremely low in iron. So I've been supplementing with beef liver as well as iron because they wanted me to take 65 milligrams of iron. And since I've been supplementing with the beef liver, I'm having more energy, I'm feeling better. I haven't retested my levels yet, but it just goes to show that, okay, maybe I do need a little bit of that animal product, so. And B12 is something you only get from animal products unless you supplement it, that is really important for energy. Did you guys have anything to add to that question? Okay. <laughs> Well, I've known Karen since college, and she's one of the happiest, healthiest looking people that I know. And what we were all saying is like, we should just do what works for us. You know your own body better, so if eating more meat works for you, then you should absolutely do it. I know Justin, he's eating probably a lot of meat, right? You're having him knocking it out. But he gets a couple green juices in a day. So he's getting his good macros, but he's also getting the micronutrients from the green juice, making it simple for himself. So for me, I say just keep doing what you're doing. And 
and maybe do a couple green juices a day, and then put sprouts on your plate with your with your with your um, you know deer chops. I was feeling a little attacked. Just kidding. fruits and vegetables, and nuts and seeds, and then some of us dabble in more meat and animal products than others, so to speak. And I think that the underlying thing is we all have whole foods, and quite a bit of it. I mean, like by, this morning I had half a cup of cranberries, half a cup of blueberries, and then I had a cucumber, two uh, tomatoes, a plum. I mean, some of those things that are in season, they're coming, you know, ripe right now. And then when I got home, I don't know, spinach was on, maybe a taco. I, like, oh, red, red cabbage, purple cabbage. Like, I've eaten all of those things already, and I really haven't had dinner yet. So, and, and you know, incorporated with, so I, just to give you guys an idea, I think that we all do, we do do similar things. Maybe our approach to it is a little bit different, and I think, um, so I don't want to, I mean, we're not... We are diverse, but we also do have, like you said, some things that we do similarly. I wanted to add one thing. I've trained a lot of people that have had their gallbladder removed. And um, while fat is super important for brain health and pre-hormone and all that good stuff, if you don't have a gallbladder, I would absolutely recommend uh, supplementing with a digestive enzyme. That's probably super important because you'll eat the fat. You think, oh, they said I need to eat it, or you read it somewhere, and you think, well, it's a high-quality fat, and then it just jacks you up. So um, that's something, too. I guess that goes to individuality. but Or you just might not produce enough lipase. So if you don't have the ability to digest it or break it down, you're not going to be able to use it that well. So keep that in mind that sometimes something as simple as digestive enzymes can be helpful if you are one of those people. Well, that, like to Summer's point, some of that stuff comes into supplementation, and that supplementation might be short term. But typically, if a gallbladder, typically if a gallbladder is malfunctioning, diseased, like it's called, or if you have gallstones or things like that, that's a 100% dead giveaway that you're insulin resistant. And most people in Western practices to remove that very quickly because there there can be a lot of pain and discomfort involved with that. But you do need your gallbladder because of what she just said. A couple of things. It's where all your old red blood cells go. It's where all your old cholesterol goes. It's where all the toxins from the liver go. And they pair together to create bile. And that bile breaks down your fats as it dumps into the large intestine and breaks things up. Um, Helps make your poop. But if you have a sluggish liver... If you have insulin resistance, you're going to have a sluggish liver, and you're going to have thicker bile, and it's going to potentially crystallize and make form stones. But you can reverse that fast, three days, five days. Um, so there are other things to supplement. Some people take ox bile. There's a vegan uh, form of a bile supplement as well as, well as the digestive enzymes. It will actually help you break down fat. So if that's you, there are other alternatives to help with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Any other questions? Yeah. Uh, does frozen fruit give the same amount of nutrients as live fruit? Like for instance, um, I drink like a frozen strawberry protein smoothie every morning. 
I'm going to say that depends on the product. If it was flash frozen and done well in its ripeness and season, and it didn't have a bunch of chemicals on it, potentially it's got just as much value. Um, Not the frozen fruit question, but I think a common denominator that I'm kind of seeing here is a lot of meat, no meat, some meat. And like we've kind of been reiterating all night, it's what works for you. Um, if you want to experiment with meat, let's just make sure it's high quality meat and listen to your body and what does your body say? Did, did it work? Are your energy levels good? Um, if you're sluggish the next morning, maybe maybe take the meat out, increase some, um, maybe some plant-based protein. I, I take plant-based protein. I try to cycle my proteins because all proteins have different absorbency rates. Um, but just just try different things and see what works for you and optimizing each individual that is in here I think is the most important part. Um, I'm a huge meat guy Big meat woman back here. Lisa likes meat um, He likes meat hunters uh, My man over here and so listen to your bodies, but try it all play with it um, You're not gonna eat meat and then kind of croak over it and get obese overnight So um, just play with some things and if you have questions, then we're all gonna be here so. And on the frozen fruit thing, like Lisa was just touching on, if it was frozen from, you know, right then and there, it's probably got higher nutrients in it than what is in the grocery store just because of it having to travel to the grocery store and sitting there and that sort of thing. What she said. Um, I think if you grew it or you went to the farmer's market and you know it's two days old or a day old, then the value of it is is up there with something that was flash frozen, frozen fresh. But if you know that it, you know, has been being shipped and it's three weeks old by the time it gets to you, then the frozen might be better than the fresh, depending. I'd say um, this is where we need to talk about organic. Um, I know not everybody can maybe afford that sometimes, but I might I, I hear that a lot, and then I think. But we can afford all these other things, and later in life it's going to be a lot more expensive if we're not eliminating those things now. So it's less expensive now to feed our body what we need so that we are in a mode of prevention than it is going to be to, to take care of disease in the end state. And I, I can attest to that tenfold watching you know, other people go through that with my own family or clientele or whatnot. So, but I would say how it's grown matters and how soon, yeah. So, yeah, you can utilize the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. Just Google it, and you'll find a list of the most pesticide-laden fruits and vegetables. And then the Clean 15 are the ones that you can get away with buying conventional things with a thicker peel, like avocado and bananas and stuff like that are okay to buy non-organic. But things like berries and peaches, the ones with the thin flesh, they soak up those pesticides, and the pesticides go inside of the fruit. So you cannot wash them off, even though they try to tell you, oh, just get fruit and veggie wash or vinegar and soak them, and it'll come right off. Those pesticides do not come off. They get sucked in. So you have to think about the flesh of fruit and veggies like our skin. We know our skin absorbs everything. So the fruits and veggies, they're just like that. They're going to absorb whatever is put on them as well. So just utilize the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen to help you save a buck. And then find what's in sale and on season. Or, yeah. In season, on sale. Okay, one more question and then we can, any other questions we can do afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I like eating healthy. Um, I don't feel like I enjoy it. It's, it makes me feel better. I'm busy as heck. Like, I barely have time to even think about eating, let alone, like, meal prepping and all that, which is why I'm always down here buying juices every morning, you know, that type of stuff, right? So, like, I'm sure y'all are just as busy as me. I know you are, Lisa. Uh, so, what is what is your best practices for, like, making sure you're eating healthy meals while you're on the go, like, almost 24-7, right? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think we do lightning round. Everybody answer with a quick tip, and then we're going to close it. Um, so, my answer for you is, you already have some good ones. I already know you do, because I see you. Yeah. But uh, um, I would just say, for me, one of the biggest things that helps me is, like, whole fruit in the morning is super easy. Like, literally, literally I used to think it was so painful to, like, wash an apple or cut up an apple. But literally, like, once you do it, like, a couple times, it's like, oh, wow, this isn't so bad. <laughs> well, I'm serious. I'm telling you. And, but now, every single day, I eat, like, three pieces of fruit in the morning. And, I, and drink, like, three glasses of water. So I'm already, like, almost halfway to all my goals. And um, I have, if I'm going to get up and leave at, like, five in the morning, like I do sometimes, I will have all that pre-done so that I just get up and I just go with it. But that's probably the biggest thing for me is just make sure to get that apple every day. And that's so simple and achievable for me and attainable to just do a dang apple. And I just tell myself, you can do it. <laughs> yes, definitely what Blake said. And I carry fruit and vegetables with me wherever I go. I always have this bag full of bananas, apples, celery, cucumbers, tomatoes. So, because I don't really eat out. There's only two restaurants I can eat at in this town, and I, so I can't, I just don't eat out because I don't want to put those things in my body. I know how they make me feel, and I don't want to feel like poo. So, I will go the extra mile and make my own food. Um, but the fresh foods, those are fast foods. You know, we forgot that a banana and an apple together, that's a really good snack if you're not having the insulin resistance. Um, celery, cucumbers, you can cut them up. It literally only takes a few minutes. But if you have a day off, I would suggest taking 30 minutes and cutting up any vegetables or fruits that you can, putting them in containers or in baggies or whatever you need to do. That way you can take them with you. But the best thing to remember is the whole fruits or even full vegetables, you can just take them with you and eat them just how they are if you are wanting to, you know, just have a quick snack. If you don't mind, you know, not having a bunch of seasonings and things like that. But nuts and seeds, you can take those with you. Um, but just try to make it super easy on yourself. And if you can, if you have a free minute, prep at home before you go. You can see that none of us are very good at lighting. <laughs> Zero good at lightning. <laughs> uh, preparation's key. Every single weekend, without fail, some kind of food prep. And my... I'm just, I'm just getting bombed by a fly. Um, I must smell really good at this point. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me is that if I religiously... Do my grocery shopping for the most... I can't do it. Well, I shouldn't say I can't do it here. But I don't do it here online. I don't do it at Grocery Outlet online. But it, I, if I do it at Walmart or wherever online, I don't go into the store. I do not buy things that I should not have in my possession because I will abuse them. Period. 
I will eat them until they're gone and I'm sick. I know that about myself, so I don't do that. If I'm going to enjoy something and splurge, I'm going to go down and see Karen for some vegan ice cream. So, and it's going to be a one-time thing, and I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> really enjoy it. But Strawberry. Yeah, right? It's good. There was one the other day that I was surprised about. It was really good. Um, but I would say make sure you have enough storage containers so you have things that are ready to go on the go. Do a lot of grocery shopping online as much as you can, but before you do your grocery shopping, always do inventory and a budget. See what's in the house before you buy anything else. Make sure you have everything you need so you're not out. And then as soon as you get it home, I call this the one-touch method. Get it home, cut it up, wash it, have it ready to go. So if you're going to steam your veggies, man, I don't have to do any extra work like, oh, I have to put up the apple. No, I don't. No, I don't. It's ready to cut up. Um, and then, like she said, I think the fruits are a really good portable snack as well. But my my advice on that would just, like, for dumbing down the insulin spike that you're going to get if you do that, every single one of you is going to get it, these two included, is to have some uh, fats with it or some protein with it. Um, so pair that with, bring some nuts, bring some seeds, have a little bit of leftover meat, always make way more than you need so that you have a thousand leftovers so that you can pair those things. And I come home for lunch every single day and I eat leftovers every single day at lunch or pair together a few things fresh with the leftover, but almost always have like leftover veggies from the night before, leftover meat from the night before. That might get thrown into a taco. And by taco, I don't mean like a fried corn shell because I don't do that. Um, but I think prepare, have things that are um, readily available that are portable. So prepare, portable, like packaged in the sense of meaning like you have package containers that you can take things with you on the go. So at my office, if I don't have snacks like stored in things, it's not going to be a good day. Like I will have to leave and go home and get snacks. I'm going to have, like if I didn't prepare myself, I'm going to have to go and leave and get something. Um, I'm far enough in this journey that I've cleared out so much. I'm not nearly as enticed by the crap anymore. So the longer and longer and longer and longer you live this way and you some of those things aren't so torturous. Whereas before, I would have been at Starbucks in a heartbeat, and I wouldn't have been there for the coffee. I would have been there for the brownie or whatever else. <laughs> so I don't do that anymore because I've ingrained these habits over and over and over in my life, one at a time. So I agree with what these guys said as far as prep and whatnot. But let's pretend that that's not going to happen. Super busy and fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I would say don't make perfect the enemy of good. Okay? So, just because you forgot to do everything, that doesn't mean you walk in the gas station and grab your family-sized pack of M&Ms. You still grab... Usually when I'm making a choice, I avoid the allergens that are going to set me back with inflammation. And then I, I think, what's going to hold my blood sugar over the best for the next few hours? Yeah. Yeah, the proteins. So that's... So if your life is insane and you, you make your best effort and it still doesn't happen all the time, I would just you know, give yourself those couple of questions when you walk in the gas station. Although nobody should be eating out of a gas station, but to be honest, it happens. You can find nuts in the gas station. True. Yeah. <laughs> you can find bananas in the gas station. Here's a scary statistic. More groceries are purchased out of gas stations and mini-marts than grocery stores in this country. Think about that. 
scary. I can go into those places and there's no food. If you're going to label food as something that gives your cells nutrition to carry out your activities of daily living. So like, if you're not big into food prep, then you still have to be into planning, okay? And you need to have your cow paths or your white whitetail buck path, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I would make sure you have a good cooler, keep stuff cold, and you want to do stuff that's easy and simple. So throw in a couple of green apples that are lower in sugar and have a jar of sprouted nut butter, almond butter, right? You can put that on there. If you want to prep a little bit, I can show you how to make some chocolate Nutella with no chocolate, no sugar in it, you can put it on there too. Made out of that sprouted almond butter or walnut butter, that's gonna be something. Um, also, if you can get some healthy chips, like Santa brand chips down there, the ones made of cassava root, not the potato ones. Or, guess what else is a good chip? Cabbage, purple cabbage is awesome. You can just break it into chunks, it becomes the chip. So if you have chips or purple cabbage or cucumbers, you can just slice up and throw in a thing of hummus or bitchin' sauce, right? Just some type of, yeah, right? And then you, you, you got that. So a really good snack, you can grab broccoli or alfalfa sprouts down there. Sprouts, sprouts, sprouts. <laughs> and you can take the chip or the cabbage as the cabbage chip, scoop it in some hummus, throw little sprouts on it, eat it. That's a fantastic meal and you're putting biophotons in it. So it's really easy, right? I like it. I would say that, um, Food prep work is from, uh, works for me. Uh, we spend hours on Sunday doing it, and it's prepared all week. My family and I were weird. Um, everything has a place in the house, and I get a lot of satisfaction out of looking into my fridge and seeing all of my meals, berries, vegetables, and then all the fruits in the bottom. Um, but I would say that if you have an understanding of nutritional concepts and a basic understanding of macronutrients, you can go anywhere, gas station included, say I need a protein, I need a carbo uh, complex carbohydrate, maybe do, maybe don't, um, I need some polymonounsaturated fats, grab an avocado, and grab some berries. And it's just understanding and hitting those ratios of whatever you want to do, but I will say that's not sustainable. Uh, we can't hope to go to a gas station or swing in a nature's pantry every day, even though I do, and then grab all these different food groups and run out the door. Um, so I would say that if you're failing to prepare, then you are preparing to fail. And those Sunday nights, or some, most, most mornings, which work best for us, are crucial in creating sustainability in, in this lifestyle change. And then it becomes part of routine, it becomes habit. And in the morning, I have a big old lunchbox, you might see me dragging it um, into one of the schools, um, but I have meals in there throughout the day. I grab a bunch of fruit. There's probably some rotten in my patrol vehicle somewhere. Um, that I haven't smelled yet, um, but the fruits, the fruits are a good one, and I would just, I would just reiterate that um, there are ways to do it, but it's not sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And just in closing remarks, is just you know, just one thing at a time. You know, one little thing at a time. Just as in the challenge week, encourage you is the same as life. Take one small attainable step at a time. Because small habits lead to big change. And keep investing in your health because you are worth it. Thank you all so much for being here. God bless you. Thanks to all my guests. All the applause. The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. If your provider has a strong understanding of nutrition and holistic health, even better. 
The opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of Nature's Pantry.